Hey guys. So did the phone go dark? I, I don't think it did, but I'll I'll make sure it doesn't. Uh, um, anyway, you didn't miss much. Chip, now uh, t- timely bathroom break here because you know we have all the world to wait for him. There <laughs> um, he comes. So, all right. So we'll do a countdown starting at ten. Chip can do the intro. You'll you know you'll know when to start. So sounds, ten, sounds good. nine, six, four. Welcome to the Chicago Beef League. My name is Chip Streif. Uh, we are here in the mighty, huge mansion known as Alex's house uh, on a Saturday. It is September 2nd in the great land of 2023. I am joined with me, Alex, the Brute Squad, Casilius, and a special guest, John Zavelovich, the uh, proud owner of uh, the Swing and Miss. How- and first off, Alex, uh, how are you doing? Question. Two-part question. Has a follow-up. The land of 2023. <laughs> did you catch that, Z? The land of 2023? I did. I did. I did. Very curious. <laughs> Tell me about this land. It's, it's a wonderful place. 2023 is a wonderful place. How are I you doing? It. Good, good. So Chip's in town for the weekend. I'm enjoying myself. It's always fun when he comes to visit. And... Um, we're doing the, the pod live and in person, and um, yeah, happy to have Z on to join us. Um, Z, what's going on, man? And all is good. Uh, thanks for having me. It was a nice little break, uh, you know, yelling at my kids all day uh, on a Saturday, and then I get to that you guys are ready to record. So I'm like, sweet. I'm going to need uh, half an hour away from, from you little monsters, and uh, this is quite the respite for me. Uh, uh, kindred spirit i i'm here away from my kids because and i can say this because they're not going to be listening to this i am i'm grateful for having a wife who's watching the kids this weekend and me not having to yell at the kids for 48 hours it's really delightful i'm uh, grateful yeah. that chip has a wife that's watching the kids this weekend so that he can come here and hang out and it's so guys we did our gratefuls now we can just talk crap yeah, and well, uh i don't think i did negative nice i just we, critical my kids and wife anyway um so let's we're, we're gonna just start off just in terms of agenda so that the audience knows what we're talking about we don't leave them off uh, at the end and, and have them all confused like our, some of our feedback from last pod has been um we are going to be uh, uh, enjoying the presence of john here zavo and we are going to go through his we're going to talk about his team uh and his failures as an owner um much of which is going to be interesting, um, I'm very sure. We're also going to pe- pepper him with a, a number of um, silly questions, but fun question, baseball-related questions, and Alex will close out with some nanny, um, stupid, stupid, One stupid uh, completely ir- irrelevantly uh, unhelpful and uh, mutually meaningless question. I would argue that the question is going to carry more. This is going to be the most important question, Zed, that you're going to be asked. Um, and like I said, you have to first, first thing you think of, you're going to have to respond. So no pressure, but have a lot of pressure. Um, and we will also make sure that the audience knows that, uh, I did not poison Alex, but Alex yes. has, he has made sure that, uh, any poison will be, uh, received and, um, uh, reciprocated in a, in a forceful manner. Correct. Ish. There's been some, um, 
vague threats? No, but what like, like uh, implied threats? Um, I'm transparent. Yeah. So I went shooting last weekend and I haven't put the guns back in the basement yet. So they're like on the floor next door. We're and, recording. and I am terrified of guns. So this yeah. is a, well, you know, a successful um, morning. I'm terrified of poison and snakes. So there you go. Um, I hear you. <laughs> I poisoned me yet. I will point out that my dog did throw up this morning. Twice. Twice. Carry on. Carry on. So there's a chance that while we were out, she got into Chip's bag and ate the poison. But I was going to say, it's been rooting in there, rooting around in there, taking one for you. Yeah. Ed, ed, editor's note, the dog ate fertilizer outside and we predicted that she would vomit. So, yeah. oh, she mm. likes to eat fertilizer. <laughs> Evidence. Yeah. Well, also, I know for a fact that fertilizer and poison do not match. Mm. They don't mix. Right. Like you never mix your fertilizers with your poisons, like they say. Sure, they Z, don't. Back me up here, Z. It's well known. Uh huh. Dogma. Um, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Let's get into and, the team. Yeah, well, hold on. Before, just to point out, Z, you're on. Now we've done a couple guests in a row. Much like our other guests uh, and our next guest, you are not in the playoffs this year. So, you know, your uh. fortune on the pod is because of your team's misfortune. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, I, with all due respect, I, I would trade an appearance on the pod for a, for a run at the playoffs, but you know, oh, it, 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 is a, it is a solid consolation prize. I appreciate, uh, since I have to be on the outside looking in, uh, it is fun to talk to you guys. Um, so, but, uh, hopefully not next year. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's start with the top. You, uh, had the fourth overall pick in the draft let's just let's start at the draft and we'll go into the season your schedule and uh some of the trades so at the draft you started it all off with mr byron buxton um yes. and we're not going to go through every single pick but and you followed it with new bar but it, what was the strategy going into the season of your picks um so there's a there's a couple of things but uh probably the the most basic element of that was that I had zero outfielders going into the season. So I liked it or not, I had to go outfielder heavy. Um, I, uh, I tried to lead off with the guy that I thought would have the highest floor, barring injury, of course, which is always a concern with Buxton, but that was always the talk, right? That if he could play 150 games, he'd be, you know, probably in the running for MVP or, or you know, or, you know, but he had, I mean, in context in, in support of your position last year, I think he played like 90 games, which is not even two thirds of the season. He had 28 home runs. Like he was right. I, like, I, and I, he was on my team. This is how I know this, but like he like right, 28 right, right. led my team last year and he did it in 90 games. So, so that, that's exactly what I was looking at. I, I was just thinking, look, if I, if I have to take my shot at, at somebody at the top of the, you know, of the first round um, and uh, get lucky and maybe he stays healthier than he has in the past, that was the thinking. And then after guys like Newt Barr, um, as you correctly saw with the vast majority of my, of my picks, was young guys. Uh, seeing where, where I go and, and uh, catch lightning. Okay. Okay. And so that was probably Newt Bar, too. I know he was, 
I had him last year. He had a lot of uh, helium around draft time. This year. This year. Because yeah. of last year. Because of last Ca- year. Yeah. Um, Castellano but, was my third round pick. So also, what I thought he probably turned out to be my best pick. A solid high floor guy. Um, but same thinking. And you, I feel like you and I in the past have t- spoken about, like, among all the teams in the league, you and I, like, constantly and repeatedly have, like, the worst outfields. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my, like, Chip already made fun of me last week because of my outfield. Um, and and it's, it's tragic. Good thing I have a guy named Ronald Acuna. Mm. Um, he's kind of good. But, like. Who's injured, who has been injury prone. So, anyway, Z, I sympathize in terms of the strategy there of, like, even this year with some of my outfield picks and stuff, it's like, I just suck at that. So I'd rather see if I can get the guys with the highest floor. Like with, you know, that, that's where like Buxton. Understood. Understood. So, okay. But the, 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 the narrative I would say of your, of your draft, just to close this out is that you pick glass. Now you I think your best pl- player you drafted, you're probably going to keep him if he's yes. healthy. Of course. Yeah. Um, but then the wheels, came off and the reason the only thing I would I call out in, in looking at the rest of your draft is that you you took a number of I mean Giolito aside you took a number of like unproven uh young guys uh yeah. be it Bot, Beatty, uh Leon uh Gorman I mean I, he hadn't had a, a great year yet still young um and then Kyle Harrison were you what were you doing with trying to go young is it because of the minor leaguers and the one to threes you were you were low on um, it was actually, it was purely, it was, I don't want to say I was uh, punting like right from the beginning. It was more recognizing that my upper quality right off the bat put me behind, you know, some of the elite teams in the league. So my thinking was that if I just through volume, pick a bunch of guys who seem to have a shot at having like a big breakout season. Like, you know, Brett, you know, Brett Beatty didn't have a great year, but if, if we were sitting here right now talking about him, the year running surprised, would it be, would, have, would it have been, you know, at, you know, or something. So, um, at least that, that was my thinking. So, so if I, you know, and obviously I realized that not every one of those guys would be a hit, but if I literally took 20 swings, you know, and hit on a couple of them, you know, one of two things would happen. Either I would have an unexpectedly good season, which didn't happen, or scenario number two is I'm in a way better position going into next season, which I think is the case now. So, sure. What I would I would argue that my draft was not unsuccessful given my goals and my my team situation at the time. Okay, okay. I think that all makes sense. Like yeah. I, I hear you in terms of the strategy there, and um, you know I, you know, Chip Chip has his little like you know like, well vets have to be top thirty and uh, one to threes have to be top sixty, which is great when you have like. Mookie Betts and uh, you know Juan Soto, which is just—it's kind of like me, where like, like it's from the same perspective, where like I've got you know got a handful of guys like Acuna, who frankly like is just otherworldly, yeah, like this year, which makes it easier for me when I take a guy like let's say Gorman, who I think worked out this year. I'm I'm with you, but I'm saying like like a you know like take a flyer like a guy like Newt Bar, where it's like yeah, like can they make that next step? Like 
it's easier for me to do it because I've still got Acuna in my lineup that's carrying the team. Um, and so, you know, when, when you, when you do try to accumulate those guys, right, sometimes it doesn't work out and you just have to be patient. Well, so, yeah. And I, I think that, I think my position was like, take a bunch of Byron Buxton's like the entire draft, you know, uh, uh, round after round and maybe, my record this year would be better than it is right now. And I'd be, you know, sneaking into the sixth, fifth spot of the playoff and then, you know, get bounced. But then I'm going into the offseason. So that, that gets me nothing. And then I'm going into next offseason in the exact same situation as last year, just all of my best. You right. know what I mean? And yeah. that's what I didn't want to do. So one, one other uh, major aspect before the, year, the season is the, the fact that you had some, a number of injuries from the get-go, and then you you had you you drafted Glasnow, who was injured to start the season. Uh, you had a lot of injury risk going into the season before the season even started. So the reason why I ask about your draft strategy is like you had these injuries. Why would you go after just upside? Were you, were you really kind of just admitting that you just probably you were not going to go after like the Sunil strategy of a dra- drafting a ton of old veterans and trying to compete? You were you yeah. were trying to go the other side. No, yeah. Drafting a bunch of old veterans who I knew weren't is exactly what I did not want to do. Right. Like, I, I would rather sit on a guy like Tyler, you know, rewinding back to April, I'd rather sit on Tyler Glass now, injured for however many months to start the season, but then have Tyler Glass now than to have. Like, I guess we just keep using it, but like, you know, Byron Box you know, it's time to move on to the next season. But um, I, I'm probably like between the commish and me, we're probably the highest, and now you maybe the highest on glass now. Like I kept him before, I really like him, and I always felt that he's like he's an ace, he just can't stay healthy, and you know, it's one of those, like anyway. I, I like that pick. I think it's that's it's that's a good strategy too. Interesting like, strategy. The the reason I get it is that your schedule, you you're kind of like put yourself in the in a problem because you had all these injuries going into the season and you didn't have glass now. So as a result, you you went over over three the first three weeks, and with, you, a, with it was some a, tight losses too. Actually, ten. Yeah. Yeah thought that I, you know, uh, so week one, I, uh, you know, I had defending champ, uh, not knowing that he was going into uh, what would wind up being a, a bad season, but I was like, oh, you know, had the defending champ and we, you know, I lost, uh, lost uh, on gap. Um, lost to Ken, you know, by half a point. Um, you know, so whatever, there, there's a couple tough, uh, tough luck losses in there, um, which I, I expected and I thought that I actually would have had a shot if I kind of survived uh, the first, call it ten games of the of the season without going like straight up zero and ten. If I had like, yeah. if I was like four and six, I would have had a shot to kind of be a dark horse with like Glass now coming back. You know, assuming Buxton's having a good year, uh, assuming. You know, Severino was injured. I thought Severino was going to come back and be solid, which he obviously was. So, ha- had I hit on some of those, um, kind of been like the team that everybody wrote off, and then you know, we moved shockingly, been sort of coming in strong into the playoffs. That was the narrative. Um, 
clearly didn't work out that way, but uh, I'm still not upset with my draft strategy because uh, short of having a good year, I still accomplished what, what I wanted a way better keeper situation uh, going into next year. Question. Are you done with Severino? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. For the record, Severino, I like the I, I like that the, the keeper. I honestly thought he was going. I drafted him into another league. I thought he was going to be good this year, and he's been terrible. My goodness. Um, but so segueing to the to the season, I wanted to ask you about your, some of the trades. We did a trade. Um, mm -hmm. I'm blanking on even. Wait, I'm trying to scroll through all the trades. You but and Musgrove. Like, yes, yeah, so we traded Musgrove and Bogarts. Yeah. What was your perspective on it? I knew that you were generally high on Musgrove, and I just simply, um, and this could be just bias from having him on my own team. But the year prior, so la you know, last season when I had him, it, it was like it's it was. I mean, this is not probably the the uh, most robust analysis, but it seemed like to me every time I needed him to step up last year, he didn't like. On, on the whole, on the aggregate, he wound up with having a solid season. I mean, good enough to be a keeper. Um, and uh, but so like you look at it on the whole that way, you know, he had he had good stats. But like every week where like you know I was close on pitching and I needed like a win and you know seven innings and ten Ks, I, like that never happened when I needed it. That only yeah. already had the pitching. And then like one stop, like he like. You know, so I, I don't know. I just – I was like – I'm generally and, – and this is not related to – this is not real baseball analysis. This is just like, you know, don't enjoy having him on my team. So I thought that if I could trade him, get a, a dependable shortstop for – that was the only thinking there. Right. So keeping with that thread, because uh, the rest of your season, it just – it there's not I, there's not like a telling uh, uh, storyline – in, during the year so as a result you you made a number of trades who is your favorite player on your team right now oh uh it's uh, i hate to say the exact same name that we've mentioned a million times already but it, it has to be glass now at this point um because uh i really enjoy watching uh you know uh high strikeout pitchers and uh, yeah. I remember when uh, Glassnow was coming back, I was just grabbing a beer with John, and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I should, like, give him a week, uh, you know, coming off of his injury, like, before I activate him, just, you know, give him, uh, give him his first start in the majors in a while. And John made the correct point that uh, when you have Tyler Glassnow, you start, you start him every week that you have him because everything is borrowed time. And I feel like ever since he made that point, and I and I, re I I agree with it, and I realized that that adds a little spice to watching. Like every throw could be the one where he's clutching his elbow right after that, <laughs> you know. So like when I watch him, it's exciting, it's fun. I'm worried, but but it's fun to watch him. So I don't know. I think he he's the uh, he's the one I enjoy uh, on my team the most. <laughs> okay. Well. On that thread, who who is your favorite player currently in baseball outside of your team? So outside of my team, uh, uh, there's actually uh, two, and I don't watch anywhere near as much baseball as. But um, I'll, I'll name two guys on the other side of uh, strikeout pitchers. So if I'm watching a hitter, I like watching hitters who battle. I'm not even necessarily like looking 
one guy or like the guys who you know has you know put up monster stats. I like guys who twenty you know twenty pitch at bats, just putting in work. Um, and so for that reason, the, the guys that I feel like I've consistently again in the small amount of baseball relatively that I watch compared to you guys, the two guys, whoever I, whenever I watch them, I feel like it is always a bitch for other pitchers to get them out are Jose Ramirez and uh, Kyle Tucker. Um, there, there, I'm sure you could easily name a couple other guys uh, of that who are in that sort of, uh, you know, Ron Acuna, all those guys, but the two that every time I watch them, it is fun. It's enjoyable. I would turn on the TV to watch an Indians or Astros game just to watch those two guys. Well, okay, that's that's quite notable because uh, you had Jose Ramirez as of a few years Shut ago. Shut up, Chip! <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't say a thing. Why? Alex, okay, Alex that's... a gun. <laughs> Man, no, I. It's funny when you said Ramirez, like you're spot, like I, I love watching him. So I, that's all I'm going to say on it. And yes, he is fun to watch. And yet you resist watching the Guardians, even though yeah, it well, be a fun matchup. Yeah, the Guardians you know, versus the Rays right now. It's a good game. I don't like watching the Rays either, to be honest. And watching Cleveland, it's like, like I said, uh, Jose Ramirez bats once every three innings. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch, like I will watch those at bats, sure. But like I'm not gonna watch the rest of that team do a thing. Fine. Still, I'm okay. not gonna watch them do a thing. I, I, I'm totally with you, Alex. That's and that's probably why I don't watch that much baseball. It's because as much as I enjoy Jose Ramirez. Watching Jose Ramirez is at bat. What am I going to do the the other three innings when that's not happening? Yeah. Like then you get to watch people like uh, who's on Cleveland right now? That Gabriel Arias. Yeah, no interest in watching that. No, no. Same thing. Benson? No. Uh, Will exactly. Brennan. <laughs> Brennan no, I don't want to watch any of those guys. Fair enough. Bull Naylor. You no, love. I do. No, I don't love Bull. I love Josh. I love Josh Naylor. And Emmanuel Tasse. You love. Yeah, because I found him and, and you you loved him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Not because you. It, well, maybe you know. I think I appreciate him more the minute that I had him, knowing that you like him. So yeah. Fine. Is that is that like a dark thing to admit? I feel like that's. I mean, it's the truth. We're gonna censor this. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what about no? Anyway, so so I love Ramirez too, and I, Tucker's like he's he's a great player. Uh, I just I can't watch the Astros because. Um, even with Jose Abreu on the team now, who I love, you did the right thing of not keeping him, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Chip did the right thing by drafting him when he did. He, he was Wrong. the common sense smart pick. It's just we didn't know he was going to stop. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, no, uh, that, I'm, I'm done rambling. Well, okay. So now we're heading into the, the playoffs. Uh, I, this is just uh, give me your hot take of the playoffs. Who do you, who do you see w- winning it all? You know, uh, I kind of uh, see uh, low, low taking it all. I I like the makeup of this team. Um, there are you know as, as the trade do- uh, deadline was approaching, there are a number of guys on his team that I would have loved to trade for, and I just simply couldn't put together a package that would be meaningful to low. So I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of his team. I'm, I, I like what he's been building for several years. So uh, I think he's an easy, easy one to root for. I like, I, okay. So I the one thing I just want to point out. Can I, can I name a name? Because yeah. I know I've heard George Kirby. Yeah. Because te- you and I texted about this, right? Yeah. Um, 
you're a huge Kirby guy. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yes, I, I like him. I'm, you know, obviously planning on keeping him and, and all that. When you say, like, huge Kirby guy, like, I'm not prepared to defend the position that he's, like, the best one to three you know, or whatever. Yeah, but, uh, but, yes, I do like him, and I'm, I'm pleased to have him on, on my team, if that's what you mean. No, I'm just – because, like, he's he's the guy – when I look at your team, like, he's, like, the guy that I would see, like, a lot of value right now mm-hmm. that I personally don't believe – like, it, my, my take on him, right, I'm always worried – I don't think he's the K per nine guy. Um, and so. – which is – has value, right? So that's my, my point. I just, like, when I target guys, right, like, Glasnow to me is, like, that's an ace. And fine, he has health issues. Kirby's probably not going to need TJ, like Spencer Strider. Mm-hmm. But – um, you know, I like he would he, he when I looked at that, I'd be like, damn, like I would I would trade him. I've also, you know, traded drop McClanahan and tra- you know, like pitching is fickle. So I don't anyway. Um I just thought, you know, in terms of when who well, okay, let me interrupt I want your take, Z. Who is gonna go to the Hall of Fame? Well, who's more likely to go to the Hall of Fame? George Kirby or Tyler Glasnow? Ooh, that's that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a, it's a trick. We all know we. It's so hard to tell in the early part. Of here's the- here's a softball for you. Should King Felix be in the Hall of Fame? One hundred percent. Of course. Chip of course. says no. Chip no. says no. And I love him. No. Hall of really good. So this is why I'm saying it's a trap, Z. Because if he doesn't think that King Felix should be in the Hall of Fame, George Kirby and Glasnow are definitely not in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. So it's a trap because. Either way, you would have answered. He said Felix isn't good enough. He's got to be. They got to be better than Felix, is what I'm suggesting. And I think both could. I, really? Yeah. Felix, Dude, Felix, Felix isn't going to be robbed of at least one or two Cy Youngs. Yeah, I think you're. Chip, we actually. So Chip and I talked about this, and and I love it that off air, the, the off air, right? But I love it, Z, that you're on because you're like me. I think in, in King Felix, like. Chip seems to think that it's just not, he's just not that impressive. And I, I felt like he dominated for like 10 years <clears throat> and he started like 17. I, all, all facts. Correct. Yeah. Yo, is Johan Santana, played, is Johan Yo, Santana for, a Hall of Famer? He yeah. played for yes. a crap Mariners so team for a long time. I know. And like, so, so wins, like he would, he would have great peripherals and like his wins would be like, cause you're looking at like, he only has X number of like a hundred something. Oh, wins. that's it's like, sure. But, he could, if he played for the Braves when Glavin and Smoltz and Maddox were playing, he would have had 20 games a year, you know, like, but okay. So if, to answer your question, is Johan Santana Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. Easy. No. I think you can't change, like, every, like, okay. You can't change the standards, I think. I think there are, like, a lot of guys, that, like, I love Harold Baines, but, like, Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, right. And so, like, you know, and I look at like I'm trying to think of like a picture that I'm trying like that I'm thinking think, of like think about it, but like the, the frame here is like your Hall of Fame or the real Hall of Fame. The the real Hall of Fame, like so when you look at guys because like you're, Felix, you're describing all these guys that are in the Hall of Fame that you don't think should be totally. I, I agree on many of them. The problem is, I think that the are they going to be in the Hall of Fame is uh, according to their standards. So I think of the both of those guys have got a pitch for like 15 years. No, but that's the difference. Like because you have, don't agree. There are guys from like the. For, I don't know the decades necessarily, but like if you think about like the 40s to the 90s, let's just say, because 90s is when I start getting more familiar with names and stuff, right? 40s to the 90s, there have to be a crap ton of Hall of Famers who are basically like 
Mark Burley innings eaters. Like they would be like, because the game, they valued that then. Like they wanted the guys that would go eight or nine innings, right? Like closer didn't exist for a long period of that time. So there are guys in there that like either accumulated wing wins or accumulated innings that like they're in there for volume. And that was valued then. And my point with Felix and Johan is like, fine, those guys aren't going to have the same length of careers. They're not going to throw in the same number of innings. But when they did pitch those numbers, like compare those strikeouts to some of the other people in the Hall of Fame, I have not done this. So this is a theory. But I would argue that they eclipse uh, a lot of the folks that are already in on that in fewer innings. So just my just my thoughts. I, I, like, I look at that, and I, I'm less maybe picky than, than Chip is. That was really long. I'm sorry. I'm not picky. I'm just saying, it's not even my opinion. Is the Hall of Fame standards right now is that you've got to pitch a certain so, amount. Okay. Z, not wins. Z, not wins, but innings Z, and of quality. That's all. Z, question yeah. for you. Yeah. Right. Hall, Hall of Fame still, right? So, Barry Bonds, should he be in the Hall? Roger Clemens, right? Should he be in the Hall? Yes. A Rod. Yes. yes. Right? Like, so yes. it's Sammy Sosa. Yes. Sosa. Quiet, right? Like, uh, these, yes. are, these are guys that transform the game and transform their bodies in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of cases. I was like, like say, yes. Um, right. But like, <laughs> there's still hall of famers, like Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah. Manny just, Ramirez. And of course, yeah, like Pete Rose, like that's where I was like, okay, oh, like, right. now, now we're getting a little off. But see, I don't think we are because it's like one of those things where it's like, he didn't even like, he didn't gamble. Well, maybe yeah. he gambled when he was a player. No. What he was busted for was as a manager. He gambled as a manager on his team. Yeah. So put him in as a player. <laughs> I, anyway. He also has, like, what? Second most hits ever? Uh, yeah. Or the most hits ever, if so you don't count each row pan stuff? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. We di- digress. We there. digress into the Hall of Fame. So let's let's bring it back on to about you. Uh, and um, the, really the fact that um, – so this, this weekend, Alex has been very worrisome. Uh, to put it lightly, about uh, his overall health because uh, he postulates that I have poisoned him at least once <laughs> and it ruined his fancy baseball team season. Yeah. Well, see, when you say it just doesn't, like the, the real narrative is we're trapped in Alaska <laughs> and like my phone doesn't get internet, despite the fact that there's a cricket store like a block away from us, right? Trapped. Really so trapped. Chip is doing all this maneuvering and it's like before the deadline and he's talking about trades. And so then he poisons me, right? And this space, it's like my mind, like I wasn't thinking rationally. And ultimately what ended up happening was I made a terrible, a bunch of terrible trades. Which I told you That were tanked me from like, uh, yeah. Trading Alonzo and all those. Yeah, it was a terrible trade. Messing with my, it, anyway, I was poisoned and, you know, I don't know how else I can prove it apart from um, his admission um, when he apologized the first time, but now he denies it, you know. I didn't poison you. <laughs> I don't even know how, anyway. More to the point, he still thinks that I'm capable of poisoning him, which is not true. Uh, but he, he's, he's prepared, and I'll just leave it that the environment here is less than ideal, and it is um, intimidating. I'll leave it at that. And see, the reason that we know it's intimidating is because you started with that. <laughs> and this is the second time that you're saying it. Fair I haven't enough. moved. Fair I have enough. not moved. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so yesterday I take Alex to a brewery and show him 
the actual poison that I planned on uh, giving to him, which is a, a beer called Actual Poison. Yeah, yeah. And I took a photo of that, at least for everyone's sake. Um, and so far, have I poisoned you? It's one of those things where it could be like Iocane powder, where it hits you immediately, <laughs> at least according to the documentary, The Princess Bride. Um, or it could be like a slow-release poison. I so... That, uh, yeah, that, I always pictured uh, Chip with like now moving to the slow release, like a Russian slash North Korean approach. Yeah. Like, you know, he'll like. I assume you guys kiss at least cheek to cheek when when he leaves at the end of the uh, of his visit. See, you know what? I we started talking about like Russian Putin in my dumbass. I just now realized this last night. I was talking about Navalny, and I was like, yeah, like you know how they got him? Like they put it in his underpants. Yeah. We're talking about like Putin and like anyway, but like Finish your thought. No, I just now realized that I just like gave away the game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I showered and put on new oh, underwear. Uh-huh. After this call, so, I'll, I'll throw away how all of your underwear. How would you poison Alex if you were in my shoes? What? See, <laughs> on the advice of counsel, don't answer that question. It's being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this conversation's not like going out to people just so they can listen to it and not. Yes, the public can listen. <laughs> However, anyone listening that isn't in the Beef League, uh, we do need your subscription. Seems they're ninety nine. Please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast store. Anyway. So, uh, getting into keepers, who can you give an early idea of what your keepers are going into next year? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I don't think you'd be surprised. Uh, uh, I'm probably actually going to only keep four vets: uh, Gold, Goldschmidt, Albies, um, and right now I'm thinking um, just uh, 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 Woodruff and. Yeah. Okay. Those four. Um, yeah. No. So uh, with the one to three, I was just saying I have probably uh, a group of seven or eight players that you could easily identify by looking at my team, and I'm just letting them play it yeah. out uh, through the end of the season to see who I'm going to keep. Um, you know, a guy like Tristan Casas, I was all set to drop him until he turned it on after the All Star break, and uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'll just uh, see see who wants to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, just going to throw this out there because you I cannot, like Blast no, now. You cannot have Kumar. No, nobody can have Kumar. No, no one's getting Kumar. <laughs> I, I, I just when you're naming your vets, right? Yeah. Just want to point out, like, and I like Glass now. I don't like Woodruff, but I like Glass now. Those guys are both like super injury prone. Yes. I, I know that you're aware of that, but I'm just gonna. When I hear that, I just there's there's a lot of risk there, there in my mind. There is, but I don't have a better option. Okay, well, fair enough. Fair enough. I, and, they, just, and they have fair upside in that. I, I actually I like Woodruff and I like Glass yeah. and, and like I don't I don't think it's a, just a non-zero. I think there's a very decent chance that they are both healthy for 150 innings next year. That's a lot. I, I will so. take that action. Like 300 total innings. I bet they. They do next year. Okay. That's my, I, that's how much, what are what are we betting here? Um, we'll t- we'll keep it offline, but offline. we'll, we'll okay. report back that we did a bet. Yeah, we'll agree. I'll say that. I, which I'm sorry, I know they're both on your team, and I just <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is that is one of the more interesting. <laughs> well, go ahead. 
that is one of the more interesting bats I've heard. I like that. 300 combined innings between the two of them. And it strikes me that uh, they're on my team. So, obviously, I want to take the over. But if they weren't on my team, I'd be compelled to take the under. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a, at least a start of a, an inflection point where, like, you start going, like, you scratch your head next year. Like, maybe Woodruff does a complete, complete, complete yeah. year, 180 innings, and then Glasnow's injured. Or maybe the vice versa. Like no, and if, if they if you get three hundred innings from them, then you can just it's vetted. It, remember, it, remember my clip of being like lots of risk. I don't know. And he's <laughs> in the play. He's, he's riding a yeah. You know, yeah. I see an outcome that's uh, positive there. I'm not saying that they're. I'm just they're they're both very high ceiling, but they're on the riskier end of the spectrum in my mind. For and sure. Goldschmidt is much sure. older. He is having a down year. It's very odd. I I is think he? yeah, he's having a down year. Would you agree, Z? I mean, by his standards, yes, he's still he's what, like the fifth like best baseman in the in the league. Yeah, I think he's like still top sixty, but like not top twenty. Like that, what last year was it last year he was yeah. top twenty. Last year he was. He was year, crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. higher than top twenty. Anyway, yeah, he's I he's always younger than I think because I always think of him as like Five. super old. Good match. Yeah, and like, but I like always guess like, oh, he's forty, and it's because he he came up older. Right, like he, he yeah, really twenty four. Yeah, well, twenty five, wasn't he? One of the two, but yeah, yeah. Like he, anyway. Um, obviously he's a keeper. I'm not. Anyway, point. Well, I wouldn't worry about Goldie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him. Yeah. All right. Well, so what's your Alex? You had a very um, mysterious question you wanted to ask. I did. And see, this is different than what uh, someone may have already asked you here, and you need to say the first thing that you think of. So, who do you want to win the Beef League Championship this year? He, he, he said low. No, you said who do you think would do it? Oh. And he said low. Okay. See, now he's already taking time to think. Ah. <laughs> ah, damn it. Well, okay, I, but I, I, can, I can answer that honestly. And uh, um, I, I'll tell you who I wanted to, to win, and I'll explain why. I wanted John to win. And it's because he and I had the largest number of trades uh, between us. And it, it, it's kind of funny, but like when I trade, especially because, you know, I'm punting, obviously I was punting this, the rest of the season. I would meticulously check all the players that I've traded to other people to see how they're, how they're doing. So uh, I, uh, <laughs> I traded Giolito to John. He hasn't been very good, obviously. Uh, I traded Murphy, who hasn't been hasn't been as good as he had been up until that point. So I kind of wanted to see my players uh, participating in a championship run. So I was rooting for uh, for John, um, but obviously since John is not going to be in the playoffs, um, I'm going to go uh, Dave Dave or uh, or Jay because they're the other two in the uh, in the. And I am okay. I'm, I just want to I, I'm very carefully avoiding saying either of your two names, even though I love you both. Yes, no, what I do want to point out is that uh, there is an ongoing investigation into what is called, uh, at least on the outside, I don't know what you call yourselves, but the Chicago contingent of, <laughs> and much like the mob. Um, whether this, this is like, you know, we, we don't know if this is going to raise the rise to the level of like full on Rico charges, but like, yeah, you just, you just named your, you know, organization in public 
And what is the word? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'll say. I think there's collusion going on over there. <laughs> and uh, I don't like. I don't like this harassment that uh, we're getting. Out, no, 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 no. It's the harassment. Well, like the assault that we've been under <laughs> in recent years from a certain organization in the Windy City. Well, two uh, two of the uh, four of that group are barely <clears throat> hanging on to their playoff spot, and uh, I would say that the, the higher level level of suspicion, of suspicion for the uh, West Coast contingent between Sonical and the two of you. Sonical, um, my arch nemesis. How could you forget your nemesis? How did he get roped in with us? Like Sonical is. I, no, think, I, think, I think he's your patsy. I think he's your patsy. Oh, <laughs> all right. That's quoted. That is going to be high in the air. Neil is your patsy. When we have, when we know our patsy chip. When he, when, when Team Sonical, who's in the playoffs, so we're gonna, he's going to be on. We're going to have to play that for him. I, I that's going to be a hot take coming back from him. I'm excited. That's going to be troublesome. I think just we, leaving it at that. We might start. There might be a new rivalry in Beef League today, based on this pop. <laughs> I'm this is saying, a big just, just happening. Saying, so here's 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 the question. Here's the question. Sunil, every year, whether he's in or out of the playoffs, has players that you, that everybody wants to trade for. We approach him with with trade offers, and more often than not, they just kind of never never happen. Except for the two of you. You're you're the two of you are the only people that I know of who have ever successfully traded with Sunil. Sunil is constantly, to his own detriment, turning down trade offers staunchly. So, I'm just going to say this, though, because I hear you. But the other thing I think you might have to agree on would be that between me and Chip, we've completed the most, successfully completed the most trades with, like, everybody. Except for Jay. Because Jay doesn't trade. Well, he only trades bench players. Yeah, fine bench players but so i i don't i don't i think it's just i mean my volume of trades is very high so you know i like to sprinkle some of that sunil's way um but i i i feel like i'm i'm pretty open across the board in trading i ask everybody for stuff and the reason that i'm good at it is because i'm the most obnoxious person via text message you know what i think you should do you don't take my phone away. No, uh, this is what we should do. We, we, you know how like people write cookbooks and like this is the secret to a recipe. We should write a cookbook on how to trade with every single owner in the league, and tell them that Sunil is. Uh, you just have to beat him down with with topics and questions over text. Oh, oh dude. you don't do it. Well, you don't do it over the phone, and you don't assume that you're going to get an immediate um, yes. If you, you need some, if link. you wrote a field manual to to trading with every single. Uh, beef league owner, I would. I mean, I I would pay money. Challenge accept American price two dollars American uh, for, price, for, price to be determined. I'm in. Um, are we talking a three ring binder type of format? Is that sufficient? How well, however you want to do it. Z, would you buy chips or mine? Uh, yours. Thank you. So <laughs> I. I and written. I would have charts, and I would have very detailed pictures showing how to make these negotiations happen. Alex would be using his handwriting and just saying, "You didn't understand it. It's your own fault." That's right. <laughs> <What>? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so I do want to just point out quickly back to my point about trading with everybody and this manual I'm putting together. <laughs> I think there's only one beef league owner that has never succumbed to my charms with pestering uh, for trades. Mm-hmm. I, I and that's Jay. It's Jay. And I think it's because, Zavo, you might have some insight into this, but my theory is that it's because Jay's still using a flip phone from like 1999. And he actually like the texts come up and like it's like he probably doesn't even read them because he can't reply. I I will confirm on the old trade uh, on the old phone. But uh, have you ever completed a trade with uh, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have? Yeah. Uh, how does that go with you? Me? With Dave? Yeah. How how, how are trades with you and Dave? Do you trade? Does, Dave doesn't trade that much. No. Not that much, but but they they are among the easiest. They usually the easiest take thing. about twenty minutes to complete. Like one of us will approach the other one on a season like this year, where I'll say, "Hey, Dave, I'm out of the playoffs, and like you're trying to get you know this last bit, and it looks like you need some uh, consistent fishing. Do you want Kikuchi for a very reasonable price?" And he'll say yes, and we're done. Like that that whole process takes less than twenty minutes. Less than twenty minutes. Do you have any insight into his hours when he's available? Because I get a lot of radio silence. See, this is why you want to buy my book, <laughs> see? Because I'll tell you, it doesn't matter. You just <laughs> always text any time of day. I am respectful of people's you know, working hours, personal hours, where they really can't be, be receptive. Again, that's why you buy my book, see? I, I totally agree. Well, what, I will say with Dave, who's, uh, you know, the front lines uh, fighting respiratory ailments afflicting uh, uh, the world right now. Uh, yeah, you just kind of follow the ebb and flow of the uh, of the rise of. Uh... Anyway, I think that you have some insight that you you're not sharing to the to to get accessing Dave. Collusion. Collusion. <laughs> uh, hey, so no, that was my question. I, Z, I wanted to say thank you again for joining us. Um, it's been fun talking and. Um, Good luck this offseason and uh, in fantasy baseball. Good luck with any fantasy football that you're doing. Um, and, yeah, man, we'll catch you. We'll have you back on next year. Hopefully we'll be, you know, talking about some other stuff, right? Yes. So, Thanks, so- Keith. To you guys. I appreciate you guys running the pod. Uh, as always, always good listening for me. And uh, uh, good to chat with you guys. Thank you. I also want to say last thing, Z. I've been pretty bad about posting these. Um, I just posted the one from last week today. So Chip has graciously volunteered, graciously volunteered to post this one. Um, so if you don't see it, you know, like you can just call we'll him. Chip. Oh, yeah. Audience, take note when I post this. Just well, remember that. Okay? Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Z. Thank you, Cheers, boy. everyone. Yeah. What are you wearing? Is there anybody in there?